If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 34. I am your host, Stephen Hopper, the head of IGN's Xbox channel. Joining me today are Peter Eichmanns and Beard-in-Chief Casey Lynch. Hello. Hello. What's up, fellas? Hello. How are you guys doing? Quite well. It's almost Thanksgiving. Get to eat a ton. Get to eat a cranberry sauce Mm -hmm. turkey coming down the road. Amazing. It's good stuff. And we're also uh, coming on the home stretch of our crazy hustle and bustle review season. It has been nutty. Yep. A lot been going on. Huge, Lots of games. awesome games. Lots of good games. Lots of excellent games. Winner, I mean, it's everybody. Been, it's been just a great year all around. Yeah, it really has. A lot of a lot of incredible games have been coming up, uh, especially this week. I mean, we've had so many really kick-ass games yes. that have just launched this week alone. It's been insane. Yeah, yeah, let's t- rank and judge them. Yeah, Tuesday was crazy yeah. for uh, for releases. Yeah, no kidding. And we were talking about this a little bit last week, but we don't usually see so many pile up on the same day. But I think there were five major releases on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. And we will get to all of those. But first off, let's talk about uh, what this week, what yesterday in particular was for Xbox gamers. Ten years the Xbox has been around, and. It's kind of crazy you think about it. Like, who were you and what were you doing 10 years ago? 2001. Um, and this giant... I was a 73-year-old Guatemalan woman. <laughs> um, hanging those out. Those were the days. Yeah. Those were the great days. Those were the days! <laughs> What's that? Is that Edith Bunker? Yes. That was you. awesome. Yes. Well done. All in the family, Very well baby. Done. Thank you. But no, yeah, I mean, 10 years of Xbox. Time really flies. It doesn't feel like it's been 10 years, but... You mean you look back on all the great gaming experiences from the original Xbox, and now that we're well into the uh, lifespan of the 360, there's just been it's been a it's been an amazing ten years. To walk to the store to buy Halo and ten feet of snow both ways uphill, <laughs> man, no crazy. shoes. Now, who here bought uh, an Xbox on day one? I did not. I did not either. I did not either. I got <laughs> oh, And we all just lost our podcasting duties. No, I, I, I bought it a couple months in. So yeah. um, I actually... 
I, I got still... mine for Christmas. Okay. So. Well, that that wasn't too that far. That kind of counts. Yeah, that was about a month after. Yeah. Um, I was still reeling after the cancellation of the Dreamcast, and you I had, still still are really. I still a little bit am. Yeah. That's correct. Ouch. I I carry a torch. But I was just super stoked for GameCube. I was really excited about Luigi's Mansion. I was really mm-hmm. excited about Rogue Squadron 2. Um, mm. And at the time, if you remember, the there were a couple standout games in the Xbox launch, but the, there weren't a ton that were like, oh, you need to go out and buy these immediately. And obviously right. Halo stood out. Um, but so once I actually did get an Xbox, um, and actually I played my friend's Xbox, which probably is very um, similar for many people out there, um, before I bought one myself. And mm-hmm. I just thought, holy crap what what the hell is this and yeah i remember going to uh people's houses and people playing split screen um halo and just thinking oh my god this is crazy crazy but it's been 10 years yeah it is nutty i gotta say i spent the whole uh xbox cycle borrowing and stealing from friends i never actually owned (laughs) one myself (laughs) but i managed to get a hell of a lot of playtime out of it it's just as well though i mean even at that time the xbox was an extremely social system yeah like i mean you look at land parties with halo um we had a ton of them at my campus like it was nuts all of us were were uh plugged into our um the our the school's network you know through our uh just through like a, a standard ethernet connection mm-hmm. but you know we could all play together and it you know it fooled the console into thinking it was just system link oh, it's so perfect so i mean yeah it was it was amazing I was reading this. We had that whole article about everybody, all the editors' memories of the Xbox. Yeah. And I was talking about, too, one of my buddies lived in this, like, trashed old rental house, but they literally had this wall of TVs stacked on top mm-hmm. of each other. So you could watch, like, multiple sporting events and everything. But they also had, like, four Xboxes hooked up to this masterpiece of chaos. <laughs> so it's like you just line up on these, uh, they were actually stadium-style couches and everything. This place was ridiculous. But it sounds amazing. played most of my Halo time there. It was awesome. Wow. Lucky. Um, so, aside from the actual launch of the system itself, I mean, what are some of the standouts, some of the standout experiences that you guys had with the original Xbox? Man. I had a... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, can, I can jump in here. <laughs> Please uh, do. Yeah. Once, I, once I finally got an Xbox, I realized that um, it was going to do something for gaming that I, I hadn't anticipated, which was really legitimize gaming in the Western market. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, to date, all of the first party publishers were, um, you know, from the Pac Rim. And yeah. uh, here was the first time um, <clears throat> in a really long time that somebody had come along with uh, a different type of technology and. Or, I feel like um, not only did it do that, but for me, the games that I ended up playing were just, they just felt different. They weren't um, sort of, there wasn't this big contingency of JRPGs. I was playing mm-hmm. games that were just weird and a little bit, it was a little bit dreamcasty for me. And that's what right. I think drew me back um, and helped to heal my heart a little bit. But I mean, games <laughs> like Voodoo Vince, games like Second Sight, games like. Um, uh, even the Crimson Skies, I mean, was mm-hmm. amazing. And uh, especially when Xbox Live launched, um, I think it was about a year later or so. Um, just the the way that it was put together and the what they tried to do with it. I mean, shipping it with a headset and just trying from the get-go to uh, create sort of this sense of, you know, we talked about this in uh, another one of the pieces that we ran yesterday, just the sense of community so that you're connected with people immediately. Um, But I would say for me, like my biggest Xbox memories all revolve around Halo 2. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely played Halo, 
but for whatever reason, not all of my friends had Xboxes during the the Halo initial, um, you know, the the first uh, Combat Evolved period. Right. Once Halo Two came out, it just was. It was insane. It was like people who weren't playing video games before that were now playing Halo. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like the Metallica syndrome, if you, I don't know, <laughs> if you can remember, like, back, uh, you know, in the early days of Metallica, nobody listened to Metallica. It was just this yeah. tiny little underground band. But when Injustice for All uh, came out and uh, their single One became big, I just remember, like, seeing all these lowered mini truck jock dudes driving around <laughs> listening to One and thinking, why are these guys listening to my band? And it was sort of like that. Like, up until that point, there was sort of a a specific crew of my friends and people Mm -hmm. that I just sort of associated with that were gamers. And once Halo 2 came out, for some reason, it just, it it went... over that line and right. you know I would go over to just houses randomly you know at a party or something and they would have Xboxes there and they'd be playing and it was just sort of like whoa this is this is bigger than uh, you know what I thought it would be absolutely I mean like that's the thing with with the original Halo it was kind of a slow burn I mean it was you know groundbreaking and people in the know were like holy shit this game is amazing but you know, for you know the mainstream to actually grab onto it, it kind of took a little bit. But by the time Halo Two came around, it was a, just a huge phenomenon, mm-hmm. and everyone was super excited for that launch. I actually worked at a at a GameStop for that for that launch, which <laughs> kind of sucked on my end. But I did actually manage to earn myself a free copy through an in-store contest, nice. and I took it home that night and I played it. Like, I got home after a midnight launch at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning after closing down the store and everything. And I still managed to stay up until probably, I don't know, I think I made it to, like, 10 or 11 in the morning. Just, you know, playing through the campaign. (sighs) That's awesome. Yeah. It was (laughs) great. Yeah, Halo 2 for multiplayer, just at that time, it just seemed like it did everything right. Um, Mm -hmm. The gameplay was so fun. Even though you had to, you know, it was Halo Two was all about dual wielding and stupid fucking SMGs. And, um, <laughs> but I mean, the maps, and especially as you know, as the the new maps started to roll out as well, which again was totally unique for a console to get mm-hmm. these maps that you could download. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, just totally trailblazing and setting that standard for now. It's just totally common to get system updates and. DLC and whatnot, uh, but I mean, these were this was the wild, wild west of console, um, you know, of downloadable <coughs> uh, interactions. And you know, granted, there was download play long before that, mm-hmm. but I mean, the the online play that we experienced with Halo Two just ran circles around anything that uh, I had done previously, whether it be with SOCOM on PlayStation or you know, even Fantasy Star Online on Dreamcast. Um, I just I feel like that that that. Everything that it did, from the playlist to clans to uh, messaging, and I mean, it was just awesome. And um, all I, I mean, for years, all I did every night was play Halo <laughs> 2. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, I mean, you know, as social as the, as the console was and as, you know, groundbreaking was for the multiplayer experience, some of the best times I had with the original Xbox was holed up in my bedroom with the lights off, just being a disgusting pale hermit, <laughs> playing shit like... Knights of the Old Republic That's what I was gonna say, yeah. and Morrowind. Like those two mm-hmm. games were super defining for my Xbox experience. I loved them and I played the I played the shit out of them. Like they were just amazing experiences. And I mean you see that today. I mean look at look at uh Skyrim and look Skyrim. at, you know, the upcoming uh old the Star Wars the Old Republic. Yeah. The the new MMO coming out. I mean you see that legacy carrying on from, you know, Xbox days and it's great. Yeah. I love it. So, 
Here's to another 10. Here's to another 10. Something yes. like that. <clears throat> Here's to another console that we don't know the name of it yet, but we'll <laughs> we will probably speculate the hell out of. Come the, out soon. The loop. The 7 loop 20. The, the, the 27 loop. The sloop. 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 The sloop 20. Is... Xbox sloop 20. Whoa. That's There's a bar in Seattle called the sloop, actually. <clears throat> is there? Yeah. Well, there and you go. You they're, get these beers that are somewhere in between a pint and a pitcher called Slooper Size. Ooh. Holy shit. It's a badass place. I like it. Isn't Where can a... I get one? Like, right now? That's road trip. Road trip. Let's go. Road trip. I'm into it. Road trip. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> we're trying. It's a good, pod, good podcast. Guys, Graham, we're out. Cool. All right, guys. Let's talk about some of the big releases this week. Starting with Rayman. Let's start with Rayman. Okay. You want to start with That's Rayman? That's like my biggest, happiest surprise of this fall, I think. Like, you're like, okay, platformer, fun, you know, colorful, cool, but you actually put it in, and you know, there's all the, people throw around the term, like, a cartoon come to life sort of thing all the time, yeah. but this really feels like one. Yep. Like, the animation is spot on, it yeah. looks great throughout, um, just the design, the colors, and gameplay are all fantastic across the board. It's just so goddamn charming, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing I take away from it, the, every, every area, every character is just thriving with personality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it does feel like a cartoon, but in a way it feels, you know, something more than that. It feels bigger than that because, you know, it's this completely immersive interactive experience where everything is fully realized Mm -hmm. and it's just teeming with, you know, personality and charisma. Uh, Have you played it, Casey? I have, yeah. I I think it's great. I mean, it it takes sort of the model of, uh, you know, like Super the new super mario and the four mm-hmm. player and uh it just it just is so much more wacky and bizarre and surreal but then the presentation is so clean and mm-hmm. uh but mm-hmm. just at every you know every new area like you said you know just is so visually striking and stunning and and then the gameplay too is it has a wide range of difficulty there's there's parts where you just kind of breeze through and everybody's cruising and then there's other parts where you know, there's some really serious platforming in there, and oh, it, sure, the yeah. game will yeah. chew you up and spit you out if yeah. you if you take it lightly. So, um, I, I think we were all very pleasantly surprised by that game. And you know, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about this last week, but it's kind of a shame that that's coming out right in this period where it's already you know full of really yeah. big releases. But then specifically on Tuesday, with four other giant names yeah. that uh, yeah. that people are, are are used to seeing, uh, whether it be you know commercials, marketing, or even you know on IGN.com where we're talking about these games um so uh, definitely locksmiths mm-hmm. do not l- miss rayman that's one to check out for sure. absolutely yeah it's an incredible game and you know speaking on the topic of ubisoft they had another huge game come out this week aside from rayman uh assassin's creed yeah revelations you uh, guys haven't played it yet right not yet no <laughs> i played it for about 15 minutes did okay. you <laughs> i i have yet to even see it i played the hell out of the whole series and i I'll, i'm the first to admit this one took me a little while to get into the story like the did first it? few missions are like all right, we've been kind of been here, kind of done that. Um, but it finally starts to pick up, and I'm, I'm now at a point about four or five sequences in um, where mm-hmm. I'm much more invested. And now I'm like, okay, Skyrim, you have to wait. Stop staring at me. Stop making sexy eyes at me. <laughs> wow. Um, that I want to finish Assassin's Creed now. And I'm oh. a huge fan. Like, we've talked about this before. You are a huge fan of multiplayer in Brotherhood. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's really been refined this time around. I'm working on, actually, for IGN.com right now, like a... a guide to multiplayer like how to kind of be a badass and learn to play it right um and there's this whole new system of stuns and like contested kills and um stuff along those lines that worked really well um and i just i don't know i'm having a really good time with the new assassin's creed it's not perfect story's still a little bit out there and kooky and does some odd things but overall it's a 
good experience, more Assassin's Creed. So you'd say the balance between the multiplayer elements and the single-player elements are is pretty solid, then? How, how do you mean balance? Well, I mean... Like, it's worth it buying it for one either or, you mean? Well, like, they're equal I, in that respect? I guess what I'm thinking is that, like, a lot of times when they add on a multiplayer element to an mm-hmm. action game like this, um, like they did last year with... or Was it last year? The yeah, year it was. Okay, wow. Brotherhood was last year. So quick. Um, yeah, last year with Brotherhood, you know, they, they added on this multiplayer element, which was great and a lot of fun and everything. Um, but occasionally, I'm not saying this happened with Brotherhood, but it's happened before. Yeah. Um, there is some degree of cannibalization in the in the design process. And, you know, uh, storylines get shorter, campaigns get condensed in favor of more multiplayer-style gameplay. And, you know, trying to attain a game's longevity through that means. Uh, do you see that okay, happening? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think it's still... I mean, I haven't beaten the story, obviously, or seen where it all wraps up, but um, uh, from the time I've invested so far, it feels on pace to be another one of those, you know, 15-hour, 15-20-hour games, depending okay. how lo- how many, you know, collect- collectibles you go for and unlocks you go for. And I don't feel like the team really broke off to do multiplayer to, you know, like, ah, oh, we're done with the single player, let's work on mm-hmm. multiplayer more. It's more of like a polishing and adding finesse to what was already there. Okay. So I don't think it, they had to sacrifice anything to make good multiplayer. Cool. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm definitely really excited to I'm check it out. It. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a huge fan of the franchise. But I, the same sort of thing I think I feel every year. Like, if you don't like the other old Assassin's Creed, you're not going to suddenly love this one. Like, it's, it's a similar <clears throat> oh, formula. Yeah. yeah, and the combat's essentially identical. There's some changes to it. Um, and it's essentially everything that's happened in Assassin's Creed so far sort of piled on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which, you know, if you are adept at that type of, you know, block and parry, um, you know, fisticuffs with Ezio <laughs> and Altair now, yeah. um, then I think that it, you'll love it. Um, for people who that wasn't their favorite thing, that this may not be their favorite thing. Although it seems to me that, and I haven't played these parts yet, but um, they've expanded sort of the dungeon spelunking facets that uh, they've just more recently introduced, um, I think with Altair's library and, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're going to be going uh, into these large cavernous underground areas. Yeah, the the scale of these dungeons is just much bigger and much more, like they definitely give it a better pace, like action-y pace. Well, I guess it depends on the one. There's a a river chase one that's really exciting and does much better than the stealth river chase from brotherhood there's this huge like one of the first dungeons you do is this huge cavern where it pulls off some kind of uncharted style moves like these events where scaffolding's falling and you just barely grab on to save yourself mm-hmm. but just the the size of these things is really cool they did a very good job with that and then you, you get in a refrigerator and you get blown <laughs> like away from a nuclear blast and you have to like jump around with monkeys in a jungle and then you realize you're William Hurt and you're just like, what game is this? And then, and then Shia LaBeouf <laughs> is, your, is your son. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Boof. The beef. Shia the beef. I don't know what just happened there. So Assassin's Creed. So a couple other games came out. Um, three more games came out. <laughs> only only <laughs> a couple. Uh, Saints Row. Saints Row. Oh, Haven't God. played that one yet either. God. I cracked. I, I love. Like a, I don't know. I, I probably gushed a little bit about how much I love sandbox games mm-hmm. and just the random shit and how they inherently let you tell your own story based on the crazy shit that happens. And Skyrim does a good job of that too. Like yeah. everyone has their own Skyrim story, something interesting that happened to them. And I'd almost put Saints Row up there. On like a minute by minute basis, just the amount of crazy shit that happens. Oh god! Just like just, just even watching Damon's videos. Oh yeah, it's the the shit that he's been pulling off um, for the effed up Fridays. With, you know, leading up to the game's launch. Within like thirty crazy. seconds of when I was let loose on the city to go do what I wanted, after mm-hmm. I'd you know established a base and got some weapons and fought through a couple story elements to get there, 
Um, I was suddenly like driving a car around, went off a jump, landed in the middle of a gang hideout, where I suddenly <laughs> got the instruction, like, kill all the gang members. I ran around a corner, pulled out this computer for this rocket-guided missile system that I had picked up in the, one of the first missions, and suddenly I'm launching these heat-seeking missiles down on this gang while I'm just kneeled around the corner on a computer with this, you know, totally random situation I hadn't anticipated. <laughs> With a you know, big, big old smile on my face the whole time. See, and see, that's, I think, the beauty of Saints Row. It seems to me that it has uh, a sort of gameplay Tourette's, where mm-hmm. if if you just let it be what it is, and you just run, like you just go and run into the game, it just starts spitting all yep. of this yeah. stuff at you, like you're saying. Yeah. Like Before you know it, you're going to be you know <laughs> taking out a helicopter with a bazooka before you kick an alien in the face with... You know, your boot, and then you pull it out, and now all of a sudden you have, like, a dildo lightsaber, and you look like an octopus, and it's just kind of <laughs> crazy. The the great thing about Saints Row, the series, isn't... It, it's the fact that, you know, they, as crazy as the situations can become, there is such a direct focus towards making the game that fucking, you know, bonkers. Yeah. Like, there was really a branching of paths that happened between Saints Row and, you know, Grand Theft Auto, which would be its closest competitor, right? Yeah, it, I mean, it I mean yeah, when, when the original game came out, a lot of people were like, oh, this is trying to be Grand Theft Auto, all this kind of shit. But, it was still fun. Yeah, it was fun, you know, but it was largely, you know, trying to emulate that Grand Theft Auto style. But somewhere along the line, the guys at Volition said, you know what, fuck it. All the, all the crazy shit that you can do in Grand Theft Auto, all the crazy shit that you can do in Saints Row 1, we're just going to run with it. We're going to let you do that in Saints Row 2. And then, you know, Saints Row the third is even more of that idea coming to fruition. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's really smart on their part to say, okay, GTA is obviously clearly trying to, or not even trying, they're owning this this slice of the sandbox open world shoot everybody market, which yeah. is the Scorsese, dramatic, kind of heat-inspired, yeah, yeah. uh, mob-centric. And, you know, there's humor in GTA 4 with, mm-hmm. you know, Brucey, we always talk about him, and, you know, <laughs> other, other moments, certainly. And then, you know, there were different sheets and stuff where you could, you know, spawn different sorts of vehicles and stuff. But yeah. I think they were really smart to say, we're going to go the opposite direction. Direction and sort of indulge um, that side of the of game, gamers that just you know want to go go bonkers. Now, what wasn't smart was what uh, Black Box did with the new Need for Speed game, or maybe it wasn't smart oh. on the, on, on the part of uh, the publisher in that nice they segue. they put out uh, an incredible Need for Speed game last year that uh, had Criterion at the helm, who was mm-hmm. famous for the Burnout games, and we all loved and gushed over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Need for Speed: The Run comes out, and it's sort of like Cannonball Run, like, <laughs> but not really because there's no Adrian Barbeau, there's no Lamborghinis with you know boobs in them, and definitely no. So uh, it's this Reynolds. is a, a full-on story-driven, yeah. Driven. Here's nice put to put it in perspective. I uh, Jack reviewed it. I borrowed the game from him because yeah. I was also playing with the new uh, Mad Cats Xbox or Wheel. Right. Um, and so I was like, all right, let's try this with this new racing game. It took me like 15, 20 minutes to get to any race. Good That's Lord. how much story there was lead in. Now it's not. And, and, and granted, I haven't played it that much. Um, but uh, you can read the review right now on IGN.com. Um, our own Jack Dervis. Uh, reviewed it, and he just he wasn't a huge fan of it, especially compared to um, last year's outing. 
Um, so, I mean, that's another one that came out this week. And uh, I think one of the problems, I mean, to go back to his review, one of the problems mm-hmm. was that, okay, here's their whole thing. They're making a story game. But he points out that they don't actually explain why any of this is happening. It's they, just, this happened. And and the whole thing about a story game in the Need for Speed franchise, they've done that with dismal results. Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, Undercover. Need for Speed Undercover. It came out a few years ago. It sucked. Well, I mean, and to a degree, there's always storylines sort of threaded through uh, these games. I mean, well, the same thing yeah, with Carbon. I mean, yeah, you have to chase these bosses through Laurel Canyon and, and learn how to drift around, you know, crazy canyon streets. <laughs> I mean, there there was, you know, a story thread that got ran through Midnight Club LA um, that, you know, I remember even starting that up and thinking, when am I going to race? Like, there was so yeah. much at the beginning. There's a lot of lead-in, yeah. Um, so... It seems to to us that Need for Speed: The Run is a little bit of a miss. If you are a gigantic Need for Speed fan and you just can't go without playing it, then uh, maybe um, maybe Gamefly it first yeah. or, or Redbox yeah. it before you uh, you plunk down your sixty bucks. So that was another one that came out this mm-hmm. week that's competing with your dollars. But the one game that that Xbox gamers are probably most concerned about and most thinking about is in fact Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, which came out Indeed. on Tuesday. Grenade. Yep. <laughs> so now, Stephen, you uh, yes. you reviewed it. I did. Um, you gave it an eight. I, I did. I, I gave think, it an eight. I think to date that might be the lowest uh, score a Halo game has received on IGN. Well, if you look at it in those terms, you know, I suppose it is. But it's... and you you received some flack in our comment section. <laughs> what? Yeah. So so people about... disagreed. <laughs> Halo, so let's t- talk this. a little bit about this. Like uh, we don't we don't need to go on at length about it. But so. Where, where are you coming from? Talk about the flag or my opinion? No, no. Yeah, yeah. So okay. you gave it an eight. Uh, I gave it an eight, um, which is a great score. Right. It literally says eight is great on IGN. It rhymes. Easy to remember. Eight is great. Give us a chocolate cake. Absolutely. Oh! Well, guys. <laughs> sorry. Let me let me get real on you. Okay. <laughs> I, I got the reference. I know. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah. Halo Anniversary a remake of a classic game, but does that game really hold up after all these years? I mean, it's important to be realistic about it and look at it in those terms. I mean, look at it in the terms of a game being made now, being put on the store shelves now, being sold to people now, and there are a lot of design choices that I'm not going to say they were bad design choices when the game came out. They were just, they're dated. They're a little bit old compared to... We've come a long way, and I think that's what I'm mostly what I'm trying to say in my Halo review. Not so much that Halo isn't as good a game as we remember it. I'm just, if anything, this is a testament to how far we've come in ten years. For you know, in terms of game design, in terms of level design, in terms of the FPS genre, mm-hmm. like we've come so far in ten years. That a game like Halo, which is incredibly revolutionary, super classic, people love it, just one of the the greatest games ever made, could be considered an eight when held up to the other games. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Absolutely, and it's totally fair. And I dare say the flack isn't coming from anyone who's never played Halo before. Oh, for sure. I mean, (laughs) these are are hardcore Halo fans who are... And rightly so. I mean, you know, you, you back a horse, you, you want it to come in. And that, to some extent, that's who this game was built for, you know? Yeah. Like, congratulations, here we are ten years later. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Here it is again. And yeah. I like the new maps. I like the multiplayer. <laughs> and for those people, this is an absolute must-buy. Yeah. I mean, if you have been looking forward to the idea of playing Halo in HD, buy it. 
absolutely full endorsement buy it um but for people who you know maybe don't have rose-colored glasses on and are trying to approach it and say okay this is going to be my first experience with halo i've played a bunch of other fps games i've never gotten into the series i just want to make sure that people know what they're getting into and know what to be ready for know what to expect yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's absolutely fair, and we we talked some about it, um, mm-hmm. you know, during the review process. Uh, I, I'm myself, I'm a huge Halo fan, and I played the crap out of the original and Halo Two. Um, yeah. I, I mean, for me, I, I think for people who are huge Halo fans, absolutely, it's it's very clear that this game was you know designed and put together for you. It's a it's an homage, it's a celebration, and it's a chance to look back at. Uh, okay, this is how far, you know, design choices and all that the the genre has come. But mm-hmm. to even look back and say, wow, look at what this did 10 years ago. Um, I think it's also, you know, it, it's priced well. It's 40 bucks mm-hmm. as opposed to 60 Oh, yeah. Um, the thing that I ultimately just was sort of let down by, and I'm glad that you noted it in the review, was just the, the multiplayer. I guess mm-hmm. ever since Xbox Live really took off and, um, and it happened after Combat Evolved came out, um, and you really weren't able to play Combat Evolved online unless you, you know, got really super um, awesome with your uh, <clears throat> your network tunneling and whatnot. <laughs> um, I, people have been clamoring for, uh, you know, a true Combat Evolved multiplayer experience. I mean, even when the game uh, was listed as it was going to be a Games on Demand title, um, that came up. And people were, again, sort of like, oh, man, that's what we wanted. And I know you mentioned in the review that there were only four maps that uh, had never been reproduced. And that was sort of the thing is throughout the last you know 10 years uh every single map on the playlist had been remade already so i mean what you're essentially getting is you know this hd remake of the original campaign which is you know it's epic and it's halo and it's awesome Mm -hmm. um but then you're sort of just getting this kind of like little taster's choice of multiplayer with some halo some halo 2 thrown in um so to me that was a little bit of a letdown and I, I seriously swear, if they do this, you know, a couple of years from now for ha- with Halo Two, and they don't put together like an actual full legitimate like <laughs> I can play a new updated version of Halo Two online, I th- I'll just shoot people. Yeah, online and- of course, but I mean, because <laughs> that that to me, and I would imagine a lot of people who uh, who you know, many people have these memories of playing Halo when they revolve around multiplayer, and oh, that's absolutely. not what was focused on with Halo Anniversary. So no. that was one of my chief gripes with it. No, and no. I mean, even if you are. If you're the the hardcore type of Halo fan who doesn't even play the campaigns, and there are a lot of people out there who who feel that way, who just play the games for the multiplayer element and not for you know the campaign whatsoever, you can still get the pack. You can get the entire anniversary pack um, through Xbox Live for yeah. play on Halo Reach. So, and I mean that's just fifteen bucks as opposed to forty for the full on anniversary package so i mean you know that that bears mentioning yeah absolutely but it's also i mean you note this too it's like it's it's not like it was lost upon 343 that the the bulk of this outing was the single player because they even separated the two you know i mean Mm -hmm. you're essentially when you go to play the multiplayer you're just going into reach you know, and yeah, I was surprised yeah. the first time that we played multiplayer. It's even, it's even the same reach achievements. Well, yeah, and it, like it pulls up it, the reach achievements. It when pulls you... in your reach, yeah. uh, Spartan. Like it yeah, has yeah. your your rank from reach. It has all of your you know your outfitting and everything. And so that to me was 
you know, an indication that okay, this is this isn't what I thought it was going to be. When right. when I mean at E3 last year when this or this year when this was announced, I thought, uh, oh my god, like we're going to be able to go back and play Combat Evolved, <laughs> and I was all giddy, and you know, yeah. so to me, a little bit of a letdown. I'm not saying that you know three for four sure. three bad on, but I mean. Um, and, you know, of the four maps that had never been uh, reproduced, um, they only chose one to include, which is Prisoner. And what's yeah. funny is if you go on and you play Anniversary, that's the one everybody wants to play. I, and Beaver Creek, too. I, I mean, people love that map, and they haven't been able to play it since Halo 2. Uh, but they didn't even do boarding action. Like, <sighs> I think right? that's a huge <laughs> miss. That was, that's one that, we've never, that we haven't been able to play for 10 years. Yep. Three for three. You're on notice. Oh. <laughs> Tread carefully. So, yeah, I think that does that cover it for I think the so. big launches this week. Busy so. week, crazy, insanely week. huge play week. this weekend. God, so much to do. And then what? What are we you all going to play this weekend? Skyrim. Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> We're so oh, lame. No, it's funny. All right, guys, it's time for email. Email. Well done. <laughs> Sorry, was that too soon? No, that was perfect. Too soon. That was that was just on time. Swayze. Okay, guys. Keith Lawyer says, After I finished the main quest and a number of side quests in Skyrim, I had to stop playing and go back to my second playthrough of Dark Souls. They're both amazing games, but I felt that the challenge reward system in Dark Souls was more compelling than the adventure discovery in Skyrim and ended up enjoying myself much more with Dark Souls. Which do you guys prefer and why? That's a good question. Yeah. Did you play Dark Souls, Peter? Not much. Not enough to talk about the end game well heck i can talk about it a <laughs> ton you've played quite a bit i have and i know i started half of this argument so i'm sorry guys <laughs> i love everybody uh i mean at the end of the end of the end of the end of the day these are two different games they're both rpgs they're both uh you know taking place in fantasy fantasy settings but um dark souls pretty much is an immediate and incredibly intense experience um where skyrim is more of a um you know, contemplative, uh, very large and deep and thoughtful experience. And that's not to say Dark mm-hmm. Souls isn't um, thoughtful, but um, they're just they're, they have different pacing, they have a different feel, and uh, consequently, you're going to get different things out of them. Uh, to me, playing Dark Souls, you know, I'm pardon the cliche, but I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm grinding my teeth. I'm like, oh fuck, 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 fuck. Um, especially as you progress through the game and you're, you know. Mm-hmm you don't know what's around the next corner and everything's getting more difficult. Um, Skyrim really doesn't present that level of difficulty or intensity. And that's not to say that some of the, um, the monsters that you encounter aren't, aren't tough. I mean, you're going to, you know, be smited by uh, frost giants and dragons and, and whatnot. Um, but it just, it has a different feel. So, um, I wouldn't necessarily say one is better than the other. I would say that they're, they're aimed at different audiences and they do separate things. Um, I personally, uh, I was playing Skyrim the other night and I fell asleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now I'm not, that a, can that can be attributed to many things. That's though. not yeah. it is. I mean, I've we're got, in the we're in the, the rut of the review I season. Know. We're all working pretty hard. So. I know, but I will say that you know, I was wandering, and you know, if you're out in nature, uh, the music is. And it can be very soothing. It was nighttime. And there was a there was a moon out. There was snow, and I was just kind of and I, just, I yeah. I woke up and it was daytime. <laughs> it's amazing. Good morning, hi guys. So that would not happen in Dark Souls. Um, it couldn't happen. You'd, be you'd dead. wake up till the "You Are Dead" screen. That's or wait, right. What does what does it say? It doesn't say "You Are Dead." That's that's no, you evil. you would wake up and you would be. Uh, in front of a fire. Oh yeah, you just respawn true. right in front of your uh, your bonfire. 
<laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I would, if I had to pick one, gun to my head, it would be Skyrim. Just because, you know, I love the how fully realized the world is. And it, it's just so fun to look at in, as much yeah. as play. And I, I have had some super intense, suspenseful, ed, edge-of-my-seat, teeth-grinding experiences with Skyrim. Like, I mean, you get to the point where you're in the middle of a dungeon. You can't, you know recharge your health at all by by waiting or, or sleeping and you've still got like okay i worked my way to the heart of this dungeon <laughs> now i gotta get the hell out of here and i still have just as many guys to go through on the way out as i do as i did getting in no. i mean that's that's extremely you know suspenseful and and intense and awesome like i really love being in those situations you know and, and it's not just a it's not just completely unique to Skyrim. I mean, I felt that way in, in Morrowind and in uh, Oblivion. There were a lot of situations that, <clears throat> you know, played on that that idea. So, yeah, I mean, I personally, I'd have to say Skyrim. Not not to say that Dark Souls isn't an awesome game. It's yeah. a great game. It's really, really fucking hard. You just get too frustrated with the Souls games. Eh, I've been at your I house when you're playing Demon's Souls, and you just get pissed. You can only play so much. <laughs> that one night we were there, you, you played it for like 15 minutes, and you just turned it off. You're like, fuck this game. I, Okay, with okay, say with it's not games, true. Say it's not true. I'm not going to say it's not true. It oh. is true. But the thing is, like, I just get so. Oh, I I have to stand myself up, turn off my system, and then sit back down on the couch and think. I have to put myself in timeout. <laughs> like otherwise, shit's going to go down. It's yeah. going to be terrible for me. It's going to be terrible for my neighbors. It's going to be terrible, terrible for, for my, my furniture, my wall, my, my controllers. Wall, yeah. now, all see, the above. And that right there is the point. That experience, um, it's like watching a nerve-wracking, you know, horror film where you're just sort of you're being accosted, and that's what those games do. And yeah. um, and they're certainly not for everybody. Um, I would, I mean, I would hate to pick between the two because I love both of them. If I yeah. had to, I I probably would say. Dark Souls because it's so mm-hmm. refreshing to me, and I've you know okay. I spent probably an 120 some odd hours with Oblivion between Oblivion and Shivering Isles. Mm-hmm. So uh, not to say that Skyrim isn't you know a giant vast improvement over that, but I guess I feel like I've already I've already done that. And I mean, if I had to choose, but the great thing is this, guys, we don't have to choose. We don't have yeah. to. I, yeah. You know, I, I I haven't even beaten Dark Souls. I'm uh, I'm pretty far into it, but um, Skyrim is is a very nice. Uh, break and i love one of my favorite things in it is just exploring um, i know that's yeah. that's what i was gonna say what i love about skyrim and the elder scrolls games is so much of like the reward is kind of self-imposed mm-hmm. like i always play like a lot of lock picking a lot of stealth and pickpocketing and it's more like pat yourself on the back i just stole that shit from him he didn't notice yeah. proud of myself <laughs> now i'm gonna go wander and catch some butterflies so awesome. now, a real quick segue, and I know we're taking forever on the very first email question. <laughs> but uh, so I was over at Tal's house last night, and, uh-huh. uh, and he's a huge Skyrim fan. He's been playing it. Uh, and that's, that's Talmadge Blevins, uh, our VP of content, for those of you scoring at home, uh, longtime IGN fans. And he had found s- some exploit where he, he's probably going to be so mad that I'm saying this. <laughs> but uh, apparently in some dungeon, there's a blind bandit that's sitting at a table, and you can get up right next to him and get into stealth mode and sneak against a wall and leave your character sneaking, like literally like rubber band your analog stick. And just leave him there. Ha. And so when I got to his house, he had left his controller there uh, for some hours. And he told me, and we were chuckling, and he was um, his stealth, I think, was at uh, 34 or some right around there. Uh-huh. We went out and got dinner, and we came back, and, it, and he 
you know, came out of that mode. And uh, uh, in fact, he accidentally killed the bandit because uh, <laughs> he flicked the analog stick incorrectly. And, uh, but he had leveled himself up to 94 stealth just Jesus. in the time that we've been gone. Oh, so. gosh. Just to know. Uh, and there's lots of tips and tricks like that in our uh, Skyrim wiki. So you should <laughs> check that out if you uh, want to be a crazy scheming. And check out the, uh, the glitches feature we put up today. It's kind of hilarious. Oh, yeah. And, and I love, I love how this game, um, full of glitches as it is, nobody cares because it's still fun. You know? Oh, yeah. So I mean, said for that. Yeah. I don't know that nobody cares, but it's... Right now, it's... We it's, care because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah right exactly. Now it's, right now, it's in the humor portion of the yeah, good the, yeah. the glitch appreciation which is a little bit different than even how I think we felt uh, with the launch of New Vegas which was right. comparatively much more glitchy and mm-hmm. kind of game breakingly glitchy yeah that's where it changes mm-hmm. you're right like these these situations don't break the game they just kind of make you laugh when a mammoth like just takes off like a rocket up in the sky so <laughs> <laughs> or corpses reanimate and come to the weddings and ruin your marriage yay or wait, did that did that corpse actually reanimate, or was it just there? The corpse, well, it didn't reanimate. It, it just still showed ruined up. the yeah, wedding. Because, I mean, so Stephanie, who you guys know and love, <laughs> either uh, way, locksmiths. <laughs> I can have her, a good wedding. In her playthrough, she had <laughs> accidentally killed somebody that she later on found was integral to the plot of her marrying a character that she chose to marry. And so she has her wedding, and the corpse just shows up, <laughs> and he was in the wedding party, and because he's dead, she can't follow through with the wedding. And then the, the game just says, marriage failed. <laughs> okay. um, that's the best awesome. man speech oh, or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> should we should we take some more emails? Let's move on. Let's head on. Okay, no. Cameron Russell asks, "Hey guys, this is my first time writing in, and I have a question for you, if you don't mind." All right. We well, don't. I'm only f- <laughs> we do not mind. Well, I'm only 15, and I've played a lot of games on the Xbox 360 as well as Nintendo 64, GameCube, SNES, etc. But I digress. Anyways, I was wondering. What are some really great games that have flown under the radar for the 360? Don't be afraid to suggest some really obscure titles. I've played games like Death Smiles. Awesome. I love that. Dark Sector. More awesome. That's, an also, that's also a, a great game. I mm-hmm. love the glaive in that. Earth Defense Fourth. Force. Fourth. Fourth. Earth Defense Fourth. Fourth. <laughs> think hard. I've played a lot. Please and thank you. All right, man. Well, yeah, we did some thinking about this. And we've got quite a few titles for you. Uh, Singularity, um, I think yeah. that one flew under the radar. It was a little derivative, but as far as you know, a really cool shooter with a great idea goes, I think Singularity is definitely, you know, towards the top of that list. Uh, Fifty Cent, Blood on the Sand. I dig it. You know, if you can get past the whole thing, oh, it's a Fifty Cent game, whatever. <laughs> um, it's really fun. It's got awesome shooting mechanics. It's got just a ridiculous point system that is a is a blast to play. You know, just real cover based shooting mechanics that that work really well. It's a fun game. Def- you can probably get it really cheap these days. Uh, the if you're in RPGs, the Mistwalker games, I feel like they flew under the radar, but they were very very good. Um, I'm talking about Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. They're both really solid new IPs. I mean, yeah, you know, at the at the time there have been like you know a bunch of Blue Dragon games that have come out on like DS and stuff. But you know, at the time this was the first one out of the gate, the first Mistwalker game, and it was an Xbox 360 exclusive, and it was really fun. You know, really nice take on. I love the style. Yeah, yeah, it's got great style. You know, it's it's pretty easy to pick up and play, but tough to master. You know, just just a really solid Japanese RPG. Same thing with Lost Odyssey. Lost Odyssey was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a I had a tough time with it, but you know, I loved it. I loved the art direction. I loved the story. It was just a really well done game. 
and uh, also uh, Enslaved. Absolutely. Is another one from my list. Uh, tell us about Enslaved, Peter. I don't know. what It's <laughs> Monkey and... Uh, what's her name? I don't know. I love the story. Uh, it's, it was mm-hmm. written by... Um, what's his name? Alex Garland, I think. His first think foray so, yeah, into video yeah. games, who wrote The Beach and all those kind of things. He was going to write a Halo movie at one point. Do you yeah. remember that? I do. Yeah. But uh, it's this cool... Like, I've seen some funny comics where... Um, the girl in the story is like, all right, I just jumped over this ledge. Now you go that way. And it does like a family circus style, uh, you know, the way you actually have to go to meet up with her. Yeah. But it's kind of a cool dynamic where um, you have to balance off each other's powers to, you know, get through the game and do the whole thing. Yeah. I haven't beat it. I'm still playing it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's cool looking. The style, like the, the world it takes place in is very cool. It's got some amazing voice work, too. Like, yeah. I was really impressed with, you know, the voice work and, and the facial animations. Um, on the characters and mm-hmm. just it was a a very awesome art design and uh of course rayman origins yes i mean uh, I, yes. I freshly added to the list yeah yeah do not miss this one everyone yeah i mean this is it's an excellent game if you're a fan of 2d platformers and i can see it flying under the radar just because you know it's rayman and it not got... a lot of people i mean people know the name people have People are familiar with the franchise at this point. But it gets tied up so often with, like, the Rabbids, and those yeah, are of, yeah. you know, varying quality. So right. you might forget that Rayman at its heart and Rayman Origins is badass. Yep, absolutely. A couple others that stand out to me um, are The Club, if you remember Sega's um, kind of arcade <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah, yeah, that was bizarre. That, was, that game... That was fun. It's I, so, that's my, like dark horse game of all time <laughs> i played I mean, the hell out of the online modes too yeah they had their yeah. own version of the um seriously gears achievement i was on my way to getting that but then the population just started dropping off and there were just not enough people online to finish that out are the servers mm-hmm. still live for that i don't know actually it's that's doubtful. one that's one of those that you could go on if so and like totally like gimp the achievements like that. <laughs> probably <laughs> a buddy uh, of mine uh invited me to do that with time shift one time we did it was fun nice. <laughs> um another one uh would be the saboteur that's uh kind of an underrated or um, yeah. more obscure um, game from Pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. came out right before they closed, unfortunately. Yeah. Another one would be Eternal Sonata, playing through Chopin's Fever Dream. Definitely, uh, you know, if we're talking about JRPGs um, and art style, that, that game uh, was sort of in a class of its own. Um, definitely worth checking out. Um, the real dark horse, though, is Techno Kitten Adventure, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> now, I don't remember when this came out, if it's been out for some time, but um, if you're looking to sort of just get lost in a weird side-scroller <laughs> Twitch, what do you even call it? It's an avoidance game. Yeah. You're, you're moving through... <laughs> Uh, it's ter- a kitty person terrain it's, avoider. Yeah, and it's bonkers. I mean, it's seizure-inducing. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, a couple to, to keep your eyes open for um, that aren't out yet, I would say, that'll probably fly under the radar, uh, will be Cinemora and uh, Black Knight Sword, both of which yeah. come from gra- Grasshopper Manufacture. Um, those uh, yes. are both really good-looking games. And uh, Digital Reality, uh, Hungarian okay. yep, yep. Um, dev team. Too. Uh, they're, they're working on those. And then uh, Nino Kuni as well. Um, mm-hmm. That's already out in Japan. That's going to be coming here stateside soon. Um, and then the uh, the always uh, wonderful Catherine. So I think yeah. that's a game that a lot of people forget about. So One, yeah, but did it really fly under the radar? I, I thought it was. It did. We, we covered it pretty made, heavily here. Well, we did, but Catherine yeah. was not one of those games where you know it's in the conversation when people are talking about Gears of War and Halo and yeah. Uh, Modern Warfare, you don't hear them say, oh, and Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> but but it sold really, really well. Uh, for an Atlas game, yes, it did. Yes. But it, it didn't sell like six million copies or okay. anything like that. No. So hmm. I'm just saying. Now, uh, little Cameron Russell, a little 15-year-old, 
a uh, friend of ours <laughs> may not like any of these games. I don't know. So maybe write us back and tell us what some of your favorite games are. I have one more are, so. I just yeah. remembered while we were listing. Yep. I don't know what you guys thought about Vanquish. I didn't Vanquish. play Vanquish. That was a uh, Platinum Games, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have like the the boost jets where you're sliding around on the ground and kind yeah. of this cool futuristic world that has like this um so it almost looks like Halo, but it's not. It's this train through a city. Just very cool yeah. visuals. Very well realized. And, like, it had these tricks where, like, you'd smoke a cigarette and flick your cigarette because the robots would track the heat sensor. So oh, you'd have this cool. moment where you're just looking like a badass smoking, and then you flick your cigarette away. <laughs> and it's had some really cool moments, and I didn't, definitely didn't get the wide um, notice that it probably should have. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. When I mean, is- that's definitely a good one. When is Tribes coming to Xbox 360? When is Tribes coming to Xbox 360? <laughs> I don't know, but wouldn't it be like the original Tribes done in HD? Wouldn't that be a great XBLA game? It actually would be fun. That'd be pretty pretty fucking awesome, guys. I think. I think so, too. All right, guys. I mean, we could we can seriously sit here and list off under-the-radar games I forever. Know. I mean, there's... We're crazy. It's the Sorry, kind of conversation so that's like, oh, yeah, what about... Oh, yeah, what about... We're yeah, here. like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about racing games like Pure and Blur and Split oh Second. Oh my god, Pure was so Pure was fun, amazing. Oh my gosh, talk about just a pure. Oh well, uh, <laughs> I mean, whoopsie, <laughs> slap. Just, just total fun. And wasn't that like from Disney? Yeah, uh, it was. And didn't that black... studio actually get shuttered shortly after? They did. Yeah. Oh, god, I had so much fun. The jumps in that game and the kind of. Tri- I mean, if you guys don't remember Pure, it's uh, it's like an ATV game. Um, right. That's like a stunt aerial crazy uh game where yeah, like you know, ssx meets meets, ATV. meets atvs yeah yeah ssx just atv you know what the sad crazy. thing is like half the games we mentioned the studios have closed i know what's up I know, guys? right studios publishers you're on notice yeah. <laughs> all these games flying under the radar every you guys have to make a difference it's true you have to buy these kick-ass under the radar games That's right, guys. keep these keep these awesome dev houses in business yeah please okay please. let's move on nick hanneman says I've recently been hearing a lot of high-profile developers, e.g. Cliffy B, Ken Levine, talking about how much more technical headroom is left on the 360, seeming to indicate these developers are looking to make a new title on the 360 before the next console cycle begins. Just today, 343 Industries confirmed that Halo 4 will be a 360 title. This was yesterday, by the way. Yeah. Or wait, yesterday or Monday? It was this week, I don't remember. Yeah, this it, was, week. it was earlier this week. Not a 720 title. This indicates to me that Epic's next game will be a 360 title in 2003, and Halo 5 wouldn't be ready until sometime around 2014. So, if the new Xbox does come out in 2013, taking into consideration the approximate 24-month development cycle, who will be developing an exclusive? Who will be developing the exclusive launch titles? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, let's think about it. You know, given which I, I'm not really sure if if they'll be that out of commission that they won't be able to at least contribute to the uh, 720 launch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about who might be in charge of the uh, 720 launch or whatever it's called. I mean, there's. I, I think that it could go in a lot of different directions. I mean, first uh-huh. of all, um, we can ostensibly say that the 720 or the codename Loop, whatever we want to go with at this yeah. point, uh, the new Xbox console has been in some form of development since the launch of the 360. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. We're not talking about a 24-month development cycle post-announcement. Yeah, but um, I mean, at, at the very least, R&D and people correct. getting an idea for, for the sure. architecture of the platform. Yeah, I mean, so what we're talking about is the console being announced and it getting into the hands of third-party publishers, and, and so who alongside Microsoft Game Studios and the first-party partners, whether they be Rare, whether they be Epic, mm. um, would be uh, producing the launch titles. I would say the easy guesses are Epic, 
343. I think Rare capacity. would be awesome. I mean, going back God. to their old school. Oh, Ideally. God. Please don't get us started on Rare. I know. Then we're just going <laughs> to. We, we do we, like we, once a week. We do this so every be the single rare cast. week. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> we'll get to Rare in a second. I, my guesses would be we would see some Dark Horses come in, uh, specifically Insomniac. That would be uh, a hunch of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. They have uh, supported Sony. Um, throughout the the launch of the PS3 uh, from Resistance Fall of Man all the way through to Resistance 3, which just came out in September, and their Ratchet series as well. I don't think it's really served them all that well. I mean, we haven't seen the Resistance franchise produce, you know, multi-million selling um, uh, games. You know, I don't know what the final numbers are on Resistance or the to-date numbers, uh, but they certainly are uh, overshadowed by... uh, yeah. franchises like Gears and, and whatnot. And we already know that Insomniac is working on a, a cross-platform game. I could see them putting out uh, you know, a really great launch title for 360 and trying to open up that market. Another one I, I could imagine would be Valve. Um, okay. I could see Valve putting out something. How incredible would it be for the next uh, Xbox console to uh, play host to a Half-Life Episode oh 3 oh launch title? That would Amazing. be insane. Um, That'd be, that could very well be the biggest launch title ever if yeah. If it were think to about it for a second, that would that would be mind blowing, and that would be a perfect opportunity for Valve to uh, capitalize on you know a moment or momentum because we're all sitting here waiting for Half Life fans like where the hell is Episode Three, guys yeah. already? Um, and they've you know admittedly been focused on all sorts of other things, whether it be Dota mm-hmm. Two um, or the Portal series, which we all know and love. Uh, another one I would say would be Sledgehammer. I mean, um, okay. Glenn Schofield who started, um, uh, oh God, what's the name of the studio that did? Uh, Visceral. Visceral. Uh, they did Visceral. So yeah. that's Glenn's studio. Uh, and now he's at Sledgehammer. So, I mean, Glenn's the, the co-founder of Visceral, and he was the co-creator of Dead Space. Yeah. Um, I could see Sledgehammer um, going outside of the Call of Duty franchise and doing something original. I mean, Glenn definitely has the wherewithal, and they have a great team. Um, so I could see that being another launch title. What are, what are some others you guys think? Uh, considering the two-year cycle they're on, Turn 10 might bring out a new Forza to launch a new console. Oh, yeah. Even prettier lighting. Wow. I think that would be a gimme. Yeah, that makes sense. What are, what are some other? Um, I mean, do you, do you see a, a, a next Gears being a launch title? I mean, if it came out in 2013, that would be right would around. Make sense. That would be right around the development period that you would expect mm-hmm. between um, you know one Gears title to the next. Yeah, I mean, considering that they're putting the wraps on the franchise, or at least for on this Marcus. trilogy on Marcus. Um, with three, I think they're going to go. They're, they're going to try to wait a little bit. They're going to bide their time and really try to think about the next iteration of the Gears franchise. Yeah, and I um, mean, it's. I think the way these season passes are working, like we're going to see Gears three content for the next year. You yeah. Know? Um, but who knows what they're doing behind the scenes? That said, I mean, I don't know how feasible this is, but it's something that I would definitely like to see. I'd like to see Epic team up with people can fly more often and yeah. maybe do something like Bulletstorm 2 as a launch title for the 720. Or how about this? How about uh Chair just brings Infinity Blade 3 to the 360 or the 720 or whatever we're talking about here. I mean That'd be bad. Shadow Complex 2. I mean, he, well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> God. That's just please, Can we just Finally. say please for please, that? Please. Um but I, I, I'm a huge fan of Infinity Blade, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't like that because it was repetitious. But, I mean, can you imagine, like, a full-fledged console game where you, you learn about who the God King is? And weren't, they, weren't they originally developing Infinity Blade for Kinect before they actually I thought put they were, it over yeah. on I iOS? I like, I yep. think in the, in the initial planning stages, it was going to be a Kinect game, which, you know, would be a really cool Kinect game. I mean, with with could, yeah. Unreal Engine 3 graphics and... 
cool motion controls. <laughs> and then let's uh, just throw a wish upon a star out there and close out our, uh, our thoughts for what potential launch titles could be. If we are talking about Rare, I think that this next console could play host to uh, the entire Rare catalog being released as digital content, which would include... Uh, you know, HD up-res versions of everything from Killer Instinct to Jet Force Gemini oh, to Battletoads to... I mean, can you... I mean, guys, imagine. Like, like Rare's catalog is insane. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you had me at Killer Instinct. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, so um, right. th- there's a, there's a lot a, a lot to think about. Um, it could go in lots of different directions. So um, And there's been rumors that uh, we might see the new Xbox um, as early as CES. So, mm-hmm. you know, keep it tuned here to IGN, and we'll, we'll keep giving you news as we, we hear We will it. let you know. For sure. All right, guys, this is going to be our last question. It's from Ben O'Donnell. He says, Hi, Locksmiths. I was talking to my roommate about Gears of War 3 DLC and it only being 50-some megabytes, meaning that all the information was on the retail disc. Now, charging 10 bucks for that seems shady at best. We both have a season pass, so it wasn't that big of a deal. What do you guys think about this? Also, is that Epic's call or Microsoft Studios' call to have the DLC on the disc and have us pay for it? What do you guys think? I think that uh, this is our weekly topic for Get Lynch, because this is the sort of thing that just gets me going. Okay, so first of all, as we know, the Horde Command Pack, um, the DLC content itself uh, came in at only 1.97 megabytes, the file size. uh, I was surprised to see that. Which Mm -hmm. tells us that we're essentially downloading a key or, or some such thing that... Um, is going to unlock content that's already on the disc. Now, this isn't the first time that that's happened, but it just it feels shady. It feels like we're we're being charged extra for something that's already on the disc, um, and nobody likes that. So, I mean, in answer to question, uh, we're just living in a day and age, Ben, where uh, publishers make the decision to piecemeal out their content, um, you know, sheerly for uh, for for cash. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you could make the argument that oh, I want to extend the experience, and you know, some people don't want all this stuff. But I mean, who doesn't want to buy a game and have it come with everything? And in the old days, you would unlock that content, and if you weren't mm-hmm. either uh, patient enough, persistent enough, or skilled enough, you wouldn't see that content. Um, if it was you know, beat the game on insane, and then you unlock blah blah blah. Um, nowadays, you sort of just pay to get at that stuff. Uh, so I would say, you know, if you're going to do that, guys, you should get lynched. Oh, I will nice. say this, though. In answer to the question, um, I do believe that um, those decisions ultimately come down to the publisher. The publisher may have some sort of a deal worked out with the developer. Microsoft and Epic are partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not for us to say necessarily who made this decision. But typically, those decisions um, are, are, are made by uh, the publisher. Yep. Yeah. And that would be Microsoft. For sure. All right, guys. That does it for email. If you have any more questions or you just want to shoot the shit with us, uh, send us a message at unlocked at IGN.com. Remember to keep your questions short and sweet. Conversely, you can hit us up at Twitter at unlocked at P. Eichmann's at Lynchtacular at IGN and myself at Stephen underscore Hopper. Um, just let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you like us. Let us know if we suck. And Mr. Lynch... A uh, giveaway this week? Uh, the giveaway, what are we doing? We're doing uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I believe. Yep. Is this correct? And please tell me I'm correct. You're correct. All right, let's Woo! do it. That was the other All game. Right. That came, or, did that come out it already? Did. No, that it came did. out this week, that too, was, right? Yeah. Damn God, it. six. Shit. We missed oh, it. <laughs> guys, I can't keep up with all this madness. Oy. 
It's too many games. Um, so yeah, so uh, for the meta achievement, which you can describe here in a moment, you're going to be competing for um, a copy of Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which, Stephen, you actually reviewed as well. I did. Yeah, I did. Busy with 8.5. Great, great fighting game. Um, great additions with the characters and stuff. But yeah, um, our meta achievement, our meta achievement, rather, for this week is, what do you guys think? I don't know. I, wait, oh, you don't have one? <laughs> no. Is? Oh, okay, okay, here we go. Wait for it. Tell us your favorite original Xbox memory. Yeah. Or if you don't have one, Aww. make one up. <laughs> make one up. Wait, that and is does awesome. a meta achievement <laughs> enter you to win the game? It does. Okay. Yeah, so you have to send us an email with your favorite Xbox memory. It's um, it has yeah. to be a black box memory, not a 360. Correct. So that means you you we're going way back. You in need the time to machine. you need back. to select a memory for, between 2001 and 2005, or you know I guess if you played after yeah. that, that's fine too. But and uh, from those emails, Stephen, what you're saying to all the fine ladies and gentlemen, uh, the locksmiths out there, is you're going to randomly select somebody to win a copy of Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. That's correct. You oh, will you will be I randomly am. chosen to get a copy of Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So be sure to uh, send along your your mailing information um, if yeah if you want to be included. Otherwise, if you just want to do the meta achievement, this one is worth how many points, guys? Let's make it. Would it be bad to be ten because it's the ten year anniversary? Or is that just too low? That's perfect. I think it's fine because it's, they're it's they're just submitting. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, there, there's no pictures that need to be taken. No uh, Kaiscram graphics that need to be made. <laughs> well, Although, thank you guys for that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and are you going to post all those pictures on this week's uh, Pockets Unlocked? I mean, you should you should pick out some choice ones. There were some good ones. By One the of way, them guys. is my desktop background now. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you guys. And if you guys missed the episode last week, uh, the meta achievement was tied to somebody uh, or, or locksmiths needed to submit um, their own uh, user-created uh, Kaiscram logo or box <laughs> art or some such thing. And man, we got some good ones. They ranged there from post-it notes to uh, actual perfect spot-on photoshops. Yes. And I think it needs to be clarified ones. right now, I think the official spelling of Kaiscram is K Y S C R A M. Now it's right. become Kai Scram, which is totally. It, it's, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's it started not, at that as that. I think it, it started start with actual letters. Kai Scram. It, it started with sounds, and yeah. I think that uh, you, uh, lovely locksmiths, uh, figured out how to spell it, and, and we're just going with your spelling. It's beautiful. It's Kai Scram. Kai Scram. Kai Scram. And can I just say, since the launch of Kai Scram, I have received so many tweets, and all they say is Kai Scram in all caps. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Brilliant. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much, my fellow locksmiths, and thank you, listeners, for checking us out. Uh, we will hook up with you again next week. Absolutely. Bleep, bleep. We're still doing shit. Come on, guys. Come on. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.